Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting, and also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter, where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode 24, A Turkey Hunter Gives Back in a Big Way. Pretty cool story coming up for you guys. Before we get into that, I've been given the countdown for the opener of turkey season in Alabama. And today, we are 23 days, 8 hours, 24 minutes and 30 seconds away from opening day of turkey season in Alabama. Normally, our season starts March the 15th for most of the state, but this year, because March the 15th is on a Sunday, the state's been kind enough to open it up a day early on March the 14th. In addition to that, our youth season opens seven days earlier, so really and truly, 16 days, 8 hours, 23 minutes, and 45 seconds remain until we can get in the woods and chase turkeys. Pretty exciting stuff over here. So I'm pretty jacked up about that, and I sure do hope I can sleep some between now and then. So I want to give you a little bit of turkey news before we jump into this week's episode. The National Wild Turkey Federation Convention and Sports Show in Nashville was this past weekend. And for those of you who were not able to make it to the show, you missed out on a great time. It was something to be able to immerse yourself in turkey hunting and be around that many people who share the same passion that you do for two or three days. We actually went up Friday morning early, stayed Friday and Saturday, went to several of the seminars, several of the calling contests, and walked around the exhibit hall as well. And it's quite a show. The NWTF does a wonderful job putting that show on. So if you ever get the opportunity to go, I highly recommend it. This year they did something a little bit different with the Grand National Calling Competition, and they did it American Idol style. And I've got to tell you, as a hunter and turkey caller, and I do not consider myself to be an exceptional turkey caller, the new format of the show was really impressive. To be able to hear the callers, and these are the best callers in the world, stand up and call, and then have guys who have been calling competitively for 25 and 30 years to have them give feedback on what they liked and didn't like about the caller's calls was really a learning experience for somebody like me. The contest was a lot more interactive, a lot more exciting than the normal 
boring calling contest where you can't see the judges and all you see is a caller get up on stage, make a series of calls that the MC tells him to make, and then the caller walks off. This way they were getting feedback immediately, and you were able to say, yeah, you know what, I, I remember John Doe had a tree call where the yelps were pretty close together and the hen didn't sound like she woke up very sleepy. She sounded more like she woke up a little bit excited that today is Wednesday. So it was really cool. I enjoyed that a whole lot and got to listen to a lot of callers and learn a lot as well. One other thing that I want to cover before we get into the show is there are several quota hunts that go on around the country for the spring to where you can hunt public land and just have a limited amount of competition while you're there. A lot of these quota hunts happen early in the seasons, so the birds are not quite as pressured as they will be later in the season when the hunts are open to everyone. Land Between the Lakes, LBL, has a quota hunt that is around the middle of April, and that's for Kentucky and for Tennessee. Each state puts on three quota hunts, but the deadline for the application for permits to hunt on the quota hunt is coming up very soon. So that's February the 28th is your deadline to apply for those quota hunt permits on Land Between the Lakes. So if you're hunting Land Between the Lakes this year and you want the opportunity to get out there and hunt with limited pressure and limited competition, jump online and apply for the quota hunt. I've hunted LBL before and it is a very beautiful place. It's amazing. I highly recommend you hunt there if you get the opportunity. All right, so in this episode, I interview Rob Robinson, who's a turkey hunter from Mississippi. Rob's just an average guy who went to Kansas to visit his sister who was living there at the time and walked up, knocked on a rancher's door, asked the rancher if he could hunt on his property. The rancher gave him permission, and he was able to hunt there, killed a turkey, and he became friends with this rancher. Just like most of us hunters should do, Rob gave the rancher a gift for letting him hunt his property. Now here's where the story gets a little bit different. Most hunters may take the rancher that lets them hunt their land, a ham for Christmas, maybe a bottle of wine, maybe the meat from their trophy that they were able to take on the ranch, something along those lines, gift card, you know, just things like that. But this is a story of a man who gave a heck of a lot more to the rancher that let him hunt that ranch. So I'm going to let Rob tell his unselfish story, and we're going to go ahead and get into that. Don't forget to stay tuned at the end of the show for Fun With Editing. It's coming up right after the turkey flop. But for now, I will see you on the other side. This week, I have someone on the line with me that is going to tell us his story. It's a very interesting story that he's got about turkey hunt that he went on in Kansas that basically led to him making a lifelong friend and not only that but giving a lifelong gift to that lifelong friend and this gentleman's very unselfish as you will hear by his story but I wanted to get him on here tonight because he's not only a turkey hunter not only a deer hunter but he cares about his fellow man. And my hope is that by getting him on here to share his story, that he'll motivate the rest of us to give back as well. So I want to introduce to you Rob Robinson from Mississippi. Rob, 
how are you today? And I know you've been traveling, so where are you today? I'm doing just fine, Abe. I'm in Epoor, Mississippi. We mm-hmm. have been traveling quite a bit, but I'm back home now. Good deal. And you've been in Kansas deer hunting, and where else? You've been somewhere else, too, doing some waterfowl hunting, haven't you? No, we haven't done any waterfowl hunting. We did some pheasant hunting up in Kansas back in November. Okay. We did. All right. Well, your story has gotten some press over the past several months, just for that reason of what I said, just your unselfishness. But start from the beginning and tell all of the listeners the story that you told me about your friend and what you've done to help him. Well, it all started, my sister moved to Kansas, and she lived in Kansas for 20 years. And I took up deer hunting. I'm a big deer hunter, and I deer hunted up there for years and so got to seeing a bunch of turkeys. And one year I decided, well, I'm going to take that turkey hunt. Mm-hmm. So the second year I turkey hunted in Kansas, I hunted for 11 days, hunting daylight to dark, and it paid off on the last day of the hunt. I killed the state record turkey as number seven in the world at that time. Wow. So it was bigger than anything I could have dreamed of killing as a hunter. And so I decided, well, if I could do this, I was going to try to kill the Grand Slam. So the following year, I went out to western Kansas with a friend of mine, and he kind of gave me the lay of the land. And I went up to a farmer's house and got permission to hunt, talked to him a little bit. Didn't see him again for three years later. Three years later, I'm knocking on his door. This time, I asked him, you mind if I pitch a tent in his yard and hunt? Yeah. And he said, sure. And basically for five days, I hunted his property, got to visit with him a little bit. And after five days, I went home. We stayed in contact, but he needed a kidney. And I got tested the following year and was a match and donated him a kidney. Wow. And from that, for my love of the outdoors, wanted to do something. I wanted to start an outfitting business, but money really doesn't motivate me to do that. So Mm -hmm. I came up with the idea of Forever Outdoors, where we're, our first hunt we did was, we took four wounded warriors to Gill's property out in Kansas on a muzzleloader hunt. And that was our first hunt we did. This year, we did a youth hunt, turkey hunt in Kansas. We took a cop from Tupelo, Mississippi, that was shot in line of duty after a bank robbery. Took him, mm-hmm. Joseph Mayers is his name. His fellow officer was killed in the line of duty. Wow. We took him to Kansas and Nebraska on a turkey hunt, and he got to kill his first Miriam with a bow in Valentine, Nebraska. And yeah. September, we took two two-time kidney recipients and a cancer survivor to Kansas on a muzzleloader hunt and did really well up there. And we started this organization. We want to build a five-star resort lodge out in western Kansas and do this out there since it's such a wildlife mecca out there. We're not wanting to do just hunting and fishing, but that's going to be a big part of it. But we have Mississippi, yeah. and plus we've got people who've heard our story all over the United States that want to host stuff for us. It's just finding the people and getting them to where they need to be. We're promoting organ donation awareness, and our mission is to help people overcome obstacles that stand in their way to outdoor adventures. I mean, all kinds of outdoor adventures. Yeah, and it's not just organ donation, although that's really part of what got you motivated, isn't it? Yes, sir. But it's not just that. It's 
really anything. Like you said, you know, you took a, a police officer who'd been wounded in the line of duty and you've taken some vets, wounded warriors, so to speak, out there and, you know, taken them on, on expeditions as well. So you really are, have opened it up for everybody. But when you and I first talked a few weeks ago, I thought that it's pretty interesting that you donated a kidney to a gentleman, but you're also pretty close to someone who has received a kidney, aren't you? Yes, sir. I met my girlfriend. We're basically the same age from the same town and never met till I was motoring in Forever Outdoors at a baseball game in Mississippi mm-hmm. State. And her mom had read my story to her about a few days before. And we met, and she's like, I need a kidney. <laughs> and wow. we got to become friends and later on start a date, and then I got to walk through the process with her. The friend of hers donated her a kidney. Yeah. Just amazing how the Lord works. That is very true. That is very true. And I think for most of us outdoors people, we get to see that every time we go outside, just to see the wonders of everything that he's created. But then when I hear a story like yours, it just drives it home even more that you are not only experiencing that by being a hunter and being an outdoorsman, but you're also being a major player in it by giving the gift of life to someone. And so my hat's off to you for what you've done in the past and for what you're doing now as well with Forever Outdoors. So now give me a little bit more information about Forever Outdoors. You mentioned that you've given us your mission statement, but dive in a little bit more in depth about how are you finding these ranches that you're taking hunters out to and how are the travel arrangements worked out to get these hunters there and the meals, the lodging, all of this stuff. Give us a little bit of detail on how all of that works for you. Well, it's kind of a learning process. I've worked with a few other organizations and kind of modeled what we're doing after them. And but Gil, my recipient, we up in Kansas, we get the community involved up there, and we just do it so rarely, but. My goal is to be doing it all the time, and there's a lot of public land out there in Kansas, but it's just getting communities involved, and it takes a lot to plan and get arrangements made and mm-hmm. schedules, everybody's schedules, and it's really trying sometimes. Right. I know putting any kind of an event like that together is pretty difficult. Heck, for even what I do, which is such a small scale, of putting a hunt together for three or four guys each year, our out-of-state trip. We're on a mission to kill a turkey in every state that's got turkeys. And so I'm very involved in putting that trip together every year for me and my buddies. And, man, that's a lot of work. I don't really have anybody to answer to if we don't have the best experience in the world. Oh, yeah. If it turns out to be a, a bad experience, and we've had some of those, but to do what you're doing and on a larger scale and do it more frequently, I know how hard it can be. That's for sure. It's going to get easier, just like if we get the resort that we want to build in Kansas. Working with other organizations, they'll be getting the people there and stuff. We'll have this offer, but it's up to different organizations. I want to work with different organizations. There's organizations like what we're doing all over the United States, but I see people mainly do in-state people, but why not share? I want to share what we have 
Mississippi, Kansas, wherever you have something to share, share it with somebody that never would get the experience. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. Well, what is it that we can do to help you out at Forever Outdoors to further the cause? Just spreading the word for us and getting people to like our page for us. And, you know, there's many things that I want to do, but one of my goals is to start teaching kids archery and I'm a big archery person and mm-hmm. that's one of my goals is to kind of spend some time teaching archery and there's a lot of stuff that we need and anybody that can help us out in any way they want to, I kind of have folks tell me all the time, if there's anything I can do for you, well, I don't know exactly what you can do for me, but tell me what you can do for me. <laughs> the people that you're taking hunting are most of them hunters and are you introducing some people to the sport in the process as well we are also introducing we did a used turkey hunt last year in kansas i wasn't able to be a part of it i lived in mississippi but gil my recipient in kansas got some guys to help him with it and i think they took out like six youths that never turkey hunted before and they loved it and they all like well can i go next year you know Mm -hmm. and i had some people donate a bunch of calls and some decoys and stuff and i'm planning on doing some kind of like turkey seminar for some youth here in mississippi in the next month or so and give some kids some calls and do a little boot camp for turkey hunting yeah what about clothes donations and boots donations that kind of stuff if people wanted to donate some of that stuff to you maybe they've got two or three kids and after the hand-me-downs are done they end up with some camo clothes that they can't use anymore is that something that that is a you very, have a need for that is a very big need okay uh, i call it a camo closet Forever camo Outdoors closet. camo closet where people, I've not done a whole lot. I haven't had a lot of people donate, but I helped out on a deer hunt this past weekend. And these kids, I mean, they didn't have anything as far as hunting-wise, clothes, guns. And, I mean, they came there with what they had, and we kind of fixed them up what we could to keep them warm and stuff. But, I mean, boots, clothes, camo. I mean, I know everybody has camo that they grow out of and just have a ton of camo that they never use, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, I've got my fair share of it, that's that's for sure. And even archery, a lot of folks grow out of the bows and just have bows hanging in their closet. Yeah. So really, any sort of outdoor equipment, whether that's turkey hunting, deer hunting, Camping. Dove, duck, yeah. Camping, any of that kind of stuff that you have around the house that you don't need can be donated to Forever Outdoors and Rob. And have you formed a nonprofit yet? We're in the process. I don't know how to do all this stuff. I've been running around in circles with it, but it's something that's going to be done. Okay. So if there's an accountant out there that's listening and or an attorney out there that's listening that would like to donate some time, to the cause, then that'd be a good person to contact you, wouldn't it? Yes, sir. All my contacts on my Forever Outdoors Facebook page can go and look and see what we're doing. It's all on there. I drive every day to get many people to like our page as we can because every person like that page can, it might save somebody's life down the road. Very true. Tell me how I can find your page on Facebook. Uh, just type in Forever Outdoors and there's 
has a green turkey on it. All right. That sounds good. And you said all the contact information on there is correct and good. And if somebody has a donation that they want to make to you, whether it's gear or a CPA or an attorney who wants to donate some time, would you recommend that someone contact you before they send you any kind of a donation so that you can say, I appreciate you wanting to send me your boots that have a four-inch hole in them, Uh but... I can't really use that. Yes, sir. Okay. So they can contact you by email or directly on your Facebook page and get in touch with you that way and and let you know what they have that that they want to donate before they send it to you then. Yes, sir. That'd be best. Okay. I haven't gotten my grand slam yet either. I've been trying to find somebody to help me out in Florida to get me an Osceola turkey. And also, I'd like to put together a hunt for some veterans to attack along and be a part of it and get them on Osceola turkey, but I haven't had much luck finding a place. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I'll sweeten the pot (laughs) just a little bit on that. When you and I talked earlier about the Osceola hunt, you asked me if I knew of a place to go, and I told you the place that I've been to three times in Florida is for lack of a better term, dissolved because it was a family land and the family has split the land up. And so it's not nearly as attractive a spot to go and hunt anymore. But I told you I didn't know of anywhere to go, any outfitters that I have experience with personally. But if there's an outfitter in Florida who has Osceola turkeys that's willing to help out Rob and Forever Outdoors, I will be glad to give you an advertising spot on my webpage for free for a year. And I would love to have the outfitter, Rob, and maybe one or two of the hunters who went on the hunt on the podcast to talk about their experience on the hunt and to share some stories and maybe give some tips about how to hunt the Osceola turkeys. Because it's a little bit different strategy than just running out there and hunting an eastern turkey or hunting a Merriam's or a Rio Grande. The Osceola turkeys, they're pretty bad. So a little bit different strategy. If there's an outfitter out there who has Osceolas that wants to help out Rob and Forever Outdoors, that's my offer to you. And all you have to do, you can contact me, Andy, at I Am Turkey Hunting, and I can get you in touch with Rob directly, or you can go to his Facebook fan page, and get in touch with Rob that way. And that's on Facebook and search for Forever Outdoors. And we'll make that deal happen. Rob, is there anything else about the organization that you're getting up and running that you'd like to share with us before we call it an evening? Well, it's just a blessing, a dream. I never thought I'd be doing something so big. And I am just kind of feel overwhelmed sometimes with all I'm trying to do and it's an organization of trying to be an organization, but I mean, I'm needing people to make this thing become a real organization and people to know what to do and things to do and how to do it. And anyway, I need help that way too. Yeah. You know, people want to be a part of it more than just giving money or time. I mean, Right. Well, good deal, man. I appreciate you coming on tonight and sharing your story with us. I think it's a very unique story. And just the thought of somebody donating a body part to a rancher that they met while on a hunt is 
incredible to me. And so I wanted to share that with every, with all of the listeners and let your story be heard on the show. And before I cut you loose, I warned you I was going to ask the question. So tell me the story about your most recent successful turkey hunt and the one or two tips that we could take away from that hunt that might help us this coming season. Well, I guess last year was one of my most memorable hunts was taking Joseph on the hunt to Kansas and Nebraska. The first afternoon we were in Kansas, he got his first bird in about 30 minutes. But mm. we went on to Nebraska and we got on a Marion turkey up there and the wind was blowing about 35, 40 miles an hour. Had gobblers everywhere and we were trying to get this done with a boat. Wow. And, uh, we're pacing, and he was an off-caller. I've never been around such a great caller in my life. I'm not a great caller, so I've always pretty much, I'm self-taught turkey hunter. I just go out there and do what I do to get the job done. But being somebody that, with somebody that really knows to use decoys and call and being patient and turkey hunting has made me such a better deer hunter. You just got to be patient. And I never even in my wildest dreams ever thought I'd be a turkey hunter because you had to get up too early. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm a diehard turkey hunter now. And like I say, it, a good hunt don't always have to end in a kill. I just, it gives me the biggest thrill to go out there and hear gobbler gobbling. And, and here in Mississippi, it's pretty tough to hear that. Go to Kansas yeah. and these other places, you know, it's really exciting. And, you know, just be persistent. When I kill my state record bird, record bird, I mean, I camped out and slept out in a tent for 11 days. Hunted mm-hmm. daylight to dark. And it paid off. I didn't know what I was doing, but, you know, it turned out pretty good. Yeah. But it's just so many people now that don't have anybody to show them, and it's a whole lot easier when you got somebody to show you what to do. It really is. That's and for sure. And, and that's where I get my enjoyment now, to sharing yeah. that with others. Yeah. That's one of the main reasons I started this show was to offer tips and advice and just basically be that mentor for turkey hunting that so many people need to be successful because to me it's so much different than deer hunting in that yeah there are things we need to do with deer hunting to be successful at it but for the most part in most areas of the country if you want to kill a deer all you have to do is walk outside with a gun (laughs) yeah Uh, and and it's true you know there's so many parts of this country where it is easy to kill a deer because they're so plentiful. You're probably not going to kill a 180-inch buck by just walking out in the woods and sitting down without doing your homework and doing some scouting and all of that. But it's a lot harder to kill a turkey. So, you know, I wanted to start this show so that people didn't have to suffer through learning how to turkey hunt as much the way that I did, which was all self-taught. And so if I can get some of these pros and experts on the podcast to share their secrets and tips and I can give a the one or two secrets or tips that I know then maybe that'll help somebody and have more success so you know I feel like that's important to help people stay interested and to to grow the sport and that's what you're doing not only for turkey hunting but for deer hunting and for every other sport out there that you're taking people who wouldn't get to do it otherwise so my hat's off to you for that and I appreciate you taking time 
this evening to share your story with us. And you guys, please reach out to Rob. If you don't already like his page on Facebook, please go on over there and like his page on Facebook. He's got a great page going, and he's growing the followers over there. And it's a good page to participate on and be a part of. And if you can help him out in any way with a donation of your time or a donation of goods, then please reach out to him that way as well. And again, the offer for the outfitter is open and you can reach out to me and or Rob and the outfitter in Florida for the Osceola and reach out to me and we'll make that happen. So Rob, thank you very much. Please stay in touch with me and I'll do the same with you. And i tell you what, after turkey season has ended for the whole country, I'll give you a call. We'll get you back on here and let you share some of the stories of some of the hunts that you had with some of the people in Forever Outdoors that you were able to take this year. All right. Sounds good. I thank you so much and enjoy talking to you. And thanks for your offer for trying to get us an outfitter to take us hunting. That, that means a lot. Well, you're very welcome. I'm happy to do that. And it's not going to cover the cost of a hunt by any means, but if it helps bring one or two or three or four more hunters in for that outfitter, then that will pay for it right there. So as an outfitter, you can do some good by donating a hunt to Rob and Forever Outdoors, and I'll try to do some good and get some business sent back your way to help make up for it. Plus, I'm looking for a place to go hunt Osceola, so you never know when you may see my ugly mug show up at your ranch to hunt Osceola. So it might just work out for you right there. But Rob, thanks a bunch, man. I hope you have a great evening, and let's stay in touch. I look forward to speaking with you again again sometime real soon. All right. Sounds good, Andy. I'll see you later. Okay. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Rob, and if you guys can do anything to help Rob out, I know he would be very appreciative as well as the people who he's helping and able to take hunting. I know they'd be very appreciative as well. And it doesn't take much, and you don't have to send money. Just give Rob a call or contact him on his Facebook fan page. Ask him what you can do, whether it's donating camo, donating old boots, anything like that. I know that Rob would be very appreciative of that. So I appreciate Rob coming on and sharing his story with us. It's truly amazing. And for me, the timing of the story was really amazing as well. My wife's uncle was scheduled to have a kidney transplant about four or five days after Rob called me and shared his story with me. So the story really hit home to me because that's something that was on my mind at the time when he called. And I think people who can give the gift of life by donating an organ to another person are truly, truly incredible and have to be some of the most unselfish people that I know. So I appreciate all you organ donors out there. I know my wife's uncle appreciates his organ donor, and he actually did have his surgery. Everything went well. He's still kind of hiding out a little bit, not getting out much because his immune system is down, but he's recovering well, and we're excited about that and excited that he's going to get back to normal and be able to get around like he has in the past without constantly feeling bad. So we're excited about that opportunity for him. So that's it for this week's episode. So be sure to tune in next week, episode 25. I'm going to have Corby Taylor on. And Corby is the host of the Wild Game Hunting Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And Corby is going to be talking about hunting lock-jawed gobblers. 
and unfortunately I have a good deal of experience with that after this past turkey season <laughs> and if you spent any time in the woods in your turkey hunting career you've run across it as well so Corby's going to share some tips with us about hunting those turkeys that are not talking back and it's a really great show Corby's a great guy if you haven't listened to his show I do highly recommend it I think you'll really enjoy it next week if you have a minute bebop on over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review for us that's always appreciated also don't forget to subscribe to the show so that new episodes will be delivered right to your podcast player on your phone or iPad or tablet device Subscribing does not cost a penny. You'll be sure to get every episode as soon as it's released. Also, don't forget to tune in to Fun With Editing coming up after the turkey flop. Thanks a bunch for tuning in this week. I know that you guys have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week. Welcome back to Fun with Editing. This is a new segment that I'm doing in the show where I take certain parts of the interview and have a little bit of fun with the audio editing software that I use. This is a short clip that I'm doing every week at the end of each show. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do putting it together. And since you've listened to the show in its entirety, you already know that no animals were harmed in the recording of this segment of the show. And the thoughts and opinions expressed in this segment of the show are not necessarily the thoughts and opinions of the Turkey Hunter podcast, its affiliates, or its guests. All clips played in this part of the show are fake. You never heard this here. Enjoy. My hope is you're probably not going to kill a 180-inch buck. It's going to get easier. I'll sweeten the pot. God, you had to get up too early. A lifelong gift. Boots that have a four-inch hole in them, they're pretty bad. I asked him, you mind if I pitch a tent? I know how hard it can be. Three years later, I'm knocking on his door. Daylight to dark. Because I had gobblers everywhere. Because they're so plentiful right there. I'm a wildlife mecca. I've got my fair share of it. I made a camo closet. We're on a mission to kill. State record turkey. Man, that's a lot of work. And we've had some boot camp. They're pretty bad. I'll try to do some good, 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 good.